This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm your host, Kevin McNamara, and thank you for joining me. And I tell you, wow, how cool is it that college basketball, real college basketball, is set to tip off in just a matter of days. November 9th, a Tuesday, is the day. And uh, as everyone knows, the opening of the college hoop season does not exactly arrive with parades or trumpets. It's more like one hand clapping in too many parts of the country. People wake up too late to college basketball, but this year, it certainly is a big deal for anyone who loves the sport, like me and like you, because I know anyone listening to the 401 podcast loves college basketball. Anyways, I'm excited about getting back into the gyms, the arenas, the field houses, wherever your favorite team plays. After last year, it's such a relief. Last year, I think I saw about a half dozen games in person because of COVID restrictions. I saw the Friars play three times in person. They were all at the Maui Classic in Asheville, North Carolina. Just saying that makes me ill. Then I tried to watch the URI Rams at an empty Ryan Center a few times. It, it just wasn't my cup of tea. It's not the sport that I love, that we love. We need the fans. We need the students, the bands, the cheerleaders, and yes, even the media. I tell you, uh, watching too many games last year on TV where I knew the media play-by-play and color guys were in their basements, it's just it doesn't do it for me. Uh, The media transmits the excitement to the fans. And last year, that was just out the window. Anyway, we are back here on the 401 Podcast. As you may know, I have a nightly radio show in Providence on WPRO, the Kevin Mack Sports Hour. And we're going to use interviews from the show on the podcast and vice versa. It worked really well last year and will once again, I'm sure. We're going to start this college hoop season with Ed Cooley from Providence College. Ed is entering his 11th season at PC, which is just amazing. Moving into season 11, ties Cooley with Al McClellan for the second longest tenure in program history. You don't know who Al McClellan is? Well, he coached 100 years ago in the 1920s and 30s. So that just puts into perspective what Cooley and his tenure have accomplished. Uh, Joe Mullaney, with 18 years, is the longest-running PC coach. Uh, Dave Gavitt and Tim Welsh both coached 10 years at Providence. So this is uh, uh, Ed Cooley entering season number 11 with, with a team that will be very interesting to watch for sure. Anyways, here is my conversation with Coach Cooley, previewing the Friars, looking at the Big East, and college basketball in general. Ed, first of all, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to be on the podcast with you, Kev. Appreciate you. It's basketball season, Ed. Does it feel? I know it probably feels more like basketball season to you than the fans. But are, are you getting? Can, can you see it? Can you see the, that start line? I can see the start line. I can feel it in practice. I can feel it from the players and staff. I can really feel it from our fan base. Everybody's eager to see what college basketball is going to look like this year with fans in the in the audience and, you know, somewhat normal, if that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, I can definitely see it and feel it for sure, Kev, for sure. I, I guess the first question has to be the transition from last year where everything was upside down to this year. Uh, you probably see it more in the, in, the, in the body language and the faces of your 
players than anyone else. Can, can you just speak to that and what a, what a relief and excitement it must be to, like you said, be back to almost normal? It is, you know, because like, last year you're thinking you're testing three or four times a week. You're testing when you get on planes, off planes. You know, uh, is somebody positive? Are we all negative? Can we all go? You know, different protocols, different restrictions. You know, not eating together, not being in a locker room. So it is a total, total flip of the switch. There's still some protocols in place, but not as strict. So normal is right around the corner. Uh, so do we test a little bit now? Yes, I think we test once a week, I believe, right now. Okay. I think okay. it's once a week. You know, when we're practicing, we don't have to have masks on. Some, you know, some of our support staff still do because, you know, they have people at home who could be compromised. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we're moving in the right direction. Got it. Hey, before we talk about this year's team, Ed, just a few things on college basketball in general that, you know, you and I have talked about in the in the preseason a little bit uh, the transfer game number one uh, you've always been a believer in being old and staying old but boy now everybody is is old uh, not only in your league and that's really your focus is the big east but around college basketball J- just do the math for anyone who hasn't paid attention the nca gave everyone who played basketball last year an extra year so if you're a senior now you can be a fifth-year senior, a super senior, like Providence's Nate Watson, for example. If you're a transfer, you don't have to sit out anymore. You can play right away. That leads to situations where the 18-, 19-year-old freshman is way over his head, and everyone seems to have 23, 23, uh, 22, 23, even some 24-year-olds. How does that change things? For, for, I'm sure it's so many ways, but talk about the ways that it changes uh, your job. Well, it's definitely impacted the freshman class this year. Let me just talk at Providence College because, again, Castro, Jeter, and Mateus, they all, in particular Castro and Jeter, uh, because they were committed prior to the NCAA making the ruling. Hmm. So it may impact their playing time a little bit, and I think that's going to be nationally. And then when you look at balancing the transfer portal and being young and old, I think you're going to see a lot of coaches not take high school kids. If it is, it may be one, two max, and then look to stay old and, you know, revamp their – you're going to be coaching a team year in and year out versus building your program. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the major impact, and I think you're going to see some kids in high school be under-recruited, uh, you know, that would normally go to a Power 5, Big East, you know, AAC. I think you're going to – those kids are going to slip through the cracks a little bit because some coaches are going to be worried about staying old and getting a more uh, veteran-established player. Yeah, I guess you just do the math. As long as the NCAA doesn't increase the number of scholarships, that there's, you know, there's not enough spots. Uh, everyone has 13 spots, and right. they get filled by transfers instead of freshmen. So, so to that point, you have verbal commitments from three freshmen. It's awful really tough to lo- to determine how many you're going to lose because of the transfer situation. And then again, you have like an A.J. Reeves who's a – four-year senior, but he does have another year if he chooses to come back. Roster building has got to be a, 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 just a crazy situation. It's a crazy situation, and you always think, and you always protect what you already have on your roster. Um, so, you know, we're going to sit tight right now. Uh, we'll take another freshman if we feel he can be an impactful freshman, along with the three young men we already have committed to us. Uh, and then if not, we'll sit back and see what the portal looks like. We'll see if A.J. does want to come back. I also believe Manaya has an opportunity to come back for sixth year if that's what he wanted to do. So those are all moving pieces within the organization 
that you got to be mindful of with this new world of recruitment. And it's not just the Friars, right? I'm sure when you talk to other coaches, uh, they're dealing with the same situations? Day in and day out. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, relationships you have built through the years, and we all bounce different ideas off of one another. You're not talking strategy, but you're talking business. You know, transfer, scheduling, television, travel, you know, um, NIL. I mean, you're talking everything around the game, and it's it's very, very competitive and very, uh, very difficult to... Um, to manage. Hey, Ed, uh, one more uh, non-basketball thing. When you saw what was happening with the SEC, uh, Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC, it was you know this part of the world is kind of a head-scratcher. You know that Oklahoma and Texas are in great shape football-wise in the Big 12, and yet they obviously looking for even more money to go to the SEC. Uh, I'm sure you know, you're a huge sports fan. You realize what that means. And yet, how can you not ask yourself, geez, how does this affect us at Providence, us in the Big East? And, and maybe it doesn't, and maybe it does. Who knows? Well, the thing is, I think you got to be honest with yourself and ask yourself those questions. You know, how does this impact? And, you know, you asked that the Big East Media Day, you know, what do I think of expansion? Well, I think expansion has been good for, for the Big East. When you, when you took out the football schools and you made it a basketball-centric conference, you added Connecticut, which added value with television and sellout crowds, and it's a big, big brand. So I don't think you could ever look down on expansion, because when you talk expansion, it's always about the bottom line, and that's revenue. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas and Oklahoma went there for revenue, end of, end of discussion, you know? So, you know, if the Big East decides to expand, hopefully they choose the right partner. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. I don't think we need to expand. I think we play a round robin. Um, the games are regional for the most part, except when you go to the West. Uh, but it's worked for us. It's been good for us. We've got multiple teams in the NCAA tournament. But I think you got to keep all options open because you don't know how things are going to turn. All right, Ed, I'm, I'm very selfish. Uh, I'm not a fan of expansion beyond 11 either, unless it's a total home run. Uh, you add Gonzaga just for basketball. Could, could, could Ed Cooley and the Friars fly to Spokane once a year? Oh. I wouldn't want to, but if that's what, you know, the people that we work for and want us to do, I think you got to look at it. You know, I, I think you got to take a really hard look at it and see if it fits, you know, if it fits what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, again, from your point of view, it's one. Mark Few is 10 games. That's a different story, but that's that's the that's the issue there. Um, yeah, that would be Mark's problem. I mean, he, he's got <laughs> a pretty good team. I'm not worried about Mark Few. I understand. I understand. Hey, uh, we're with Ed Cooley, the head coach of the Providence College Friars, previewing the 2021-22 season. I, I, it's tough to even say that, but uh, that's where we are in, in the world right now. Uh, so, uh, Ed, you, you lost quite a bit from last year's team, namely David Duke leaves a year early. Um, instantly on the fly, as we referenced a little bit before, the transfers, you pick up Al Durham, Justin Manaya and Matias uh, Case. Uh, just a little bit on all three and how, how that came together. And uh, obviously, once you lose David, you knew you had to go out and replace him. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think our staff has done a really good job identifying, you know, the guys that can play for us and fit the culture of Providence College. Um, you know, we wanted some veterans, and we recruited Al out of high school. Uh, unfortunately, to get him out of high school, but I thought, you know, we had the relationships in place to attract him. I, thought, I think he's been a great leader. He's been an everyday guy um, and someone who we're going to rely on to be a, a heavy, heavy contributor along with another four-year starter 
and Justin Manaya. You know, he's a multi-positional guy. He's got great lateral movement. Um, you know, he's a typical uh, fire, you know, that six 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 seven guy that can play multiple positions that'll be hard to guard, that's tough, that'll bring us an intangible that we haven't had in a while. And Mateus gives us a young, a young athlete, um, somebody who can, you know, stretch the floor and make some shots. Uh, and, again, he hasn't never played in a college game, never been at a college practice, so he's kind of learning you know, through a fire hose right now. Yeah, I would say right now Justin and Al are way ahead of him as far as the learning curve because they got four years of college experience where Mateus only has, you know, a couple of weeks. Uh, a tough one to answer, but you take three transfers. Uh, how many did you kick the tires on? Because, as everyone knows, there was over a thousand available. Oh, good question. Oh, good question. I would have to really think about that. I bet we contacted multiple, multiple to get to where we wanted to get to. Double, double figures. Say, you know, ten or more. I would say under ten, but probably right around that number. Gotcha. Right around that number. Gotcha. You know. And again, you had to do everything virtual, if you, were, if you remember. It's not like people could come to your campus. Let's take a break from the 401 podcast and hear from our friends at Haxton's Liquors. Although social distancing regulations have relaxed in Rhode Island, we've got to stay away from this Delta variant, of course. Everyone feels safe when they head over to Haxton's Liquors on Bald Hill Road in Warwick, Rhode Island. Haxton stocks all the top wines and spirits, plenty of beer, a huge selection of spiked seltzers, and all the mixers. Haxton's is always ready to serve you, so stop in and see my friends, Tim and Bobby Haxton. They do an excellent job with air filtration in their giant store, and we're thrilled that they are proud sponsors of Kevin Mack Sports. So so this year's team, we'll, we'll start up front with Nate Watson, uh, obviously a focus of you know yours for four years. I, I just think I remember when you got Nate Watson uh, in the recruiting game, uh, I, I could tell you had a different level of excitement, and then when he came in, and I saw him for the first time. I said, well, I understand why you were excited. And you compared him a little bit at the time to Craig Smith, the great player at Boston College, obviously very different because he was so big. But uh, I think what you were referencing is that for such a big boy, um, had some offensive skill that was just undeniable. Uh, just a little bit on Nate's career up to now and then the challenge here in what uh, will be his last uh, college season. Well, Nate has been... Nate has been a program person, on the floor, off the floor, big-time personality. You know, he's a graduate now, which I'm extremely, extremely proud of. You know, he's transformed his body and his game to one of the better front-court players in the country. You know, the challenge for Nate and for all the seniors that are out there, the multi-year seniors, meaning fifth- and sixth-year guys, is not being bored with preparation. A lot of these kids just want to get to the games, Right. you know. And so the big challenge for me with Nate right now is keeping him focused and dialed in on daily development, daily progress, and trusting what we're coaching and teaching and him being a mentor to the younger players. Hey, at a Big East Media Day, I chatted with Nate a little bit about, you know, the focus of uh, big men and stepping away and in the NBA. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the best big man in the country the last two years was Luca Garza, who, who just killed people around the rim at Iowa. Um, obviously, you don't believe that all centers need to step out and shoot three pointers. There's a value still in in a uh, in a Nate Watson, and you're about to bring in a, another seven footer. So, uh, d- why does Ed Cooley still think that there's a big space for a, for a low post big guy? I mean, you know, the game is played inside out, and you know, with the, with the analytics and today, you know, they're really stretching the floor with threes. 
But I still think if you have, you know, a system in place where your bigs touch the ball and control the ball, you control the game by holding the ball with respect to playing inside-out basketball. You know, you don't have to play 100 miles an hour to get victorious. You know, if you play inside-out, you control the paint, you get to the free-throw line, you know, you get people in foul trouble, you know, especially if you have a defense built on taking away the three. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to achieve success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at, you know, is, you know, Giannis uh, a stretch four or five man? You can't say, but he shot, what, 28% from the three? They've been able to get some things done by using his versatility, and that's what we're looking for in some of our big guys and even the ones that we recruited, that, you know, how can they impact the game toward winning? versus trying to match the status quo of what today's basketball looks like. I think people appreciated that when they saw uh, the improvement over the course of last year of Nate Horkler, uh, a a different type of big guy, but probably your best overall rebounder, and yet I think statistically he was your top three-point shooter. Uh, So there's certainly, uh, you see the value in an inside-outside big guy as well, correct? Again, and I like like what I'm seeing in uh, uh, Horkler right now, I think his body has gotten a lot stronger. He's, his game is a lot more confident. He is thriving, thriving with what we're doing right now. Um, I like the conditioning that he's in. I think that's a great one-two punch up front that they'll see multiple minutes together. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing with our front court is, can we guard some of these stretch guys? Can we guard when we switch? some of these six, seven, six, eight guys off the bounce. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big challenge for Providence College this year, mm-hmm. and particularly with Nate and Noah and Ed Croswell. The, um, I'm glad you mentioned Ed. Uh, I, I saw Kenny White, your strength coach, the other day and uh, credited him with getting a few guys in, in, in different, I wouldn't say better shape, but different shape. And Ed Croswell really jumps out to me, uh, Ed. Uh, certainly lost weight, has more bounce, right? Last year he had trouble converting around the rim. Uh, maybe not as much this year because he, he just has a little more bounce off the floor? A lot. I mean, Ed's probably lost 25, 30 pounds. Oh, wow. I mean, he changed his diet. I mean, he has really, really worked at his game. I'm very, very proud of him. You know, uh, he's definitely going to play. We're trying to see how do we play both he and Nate at the same time because he's impacting the game so much. How that translates into uh, helping the fire try to get to the victory lane. Ed, how about at the point guard spot? Uh, you got Jared Bynum there. Obviously, David Duke uh, was a uh, you know offensive creator for you as well last year. Tell people about the different options you're looking at this year. Well, you know, we'll have a three-headed monster there. You know, primarily Jared and, and Al Durham. Uh, you know, and then, you know, be, I think collectively, like, sit down and tell them what, you know, can we get between the three of them, can we get 12 to 14 assists between the three of them? Can they shoot 38 plus percent from three? Can they defend one through four? Can they defend multiple positions? You know, um, you know, can they facilitate offense by dribble, drive, and kick? You know, that's going to be a three-headed monster the whole year. You'll see us use all three of them on the floor at once at, at, during the game. Hmm. I think when you have multiple ball handlers, you're really, really hard to guard, especially if you have Nate, Noah, Manaya um, on the floor with them at some point with uh, Croswell. I, I, I like what we got. I really do. Yeah. I like the pace that they're playing with. Um, now, we'll, we'll, we'll miss David, but I think, uh, I, I think we'll just be different and, and hopefully a little bit more efficient offensively as that's been some of our faults uh, from last year was our offensive efficiency. 
Uh, the third guy who uh, Ed mentioned, who you may uh, not have heard, is, is sophomore Alan Breed, who does look better to me as well, stronger, more confident. Uh, at the wing spot, uh, Bryson Gudine is back. Uh, he, he really has added some, some strength and, I think, confidence to his game. And then we, we certainly have to put a check mark next to A.J. Reeves, another guy who's worked on his body. Uh, those two guys really need to make shots for the Friars this year, and, and they've been shooting the ball well for you in practice. They've been shooting really well in practice. Um, but, again, they really worked on the conditioning part, really, really worked on the conditioning, which I'm excited about. And they've, they've showed some progress. And everything we're talking about now, pre-Fairfield, once Fairfield hits, can they, can they do that in the games? Yeah. I love what I'm seeing right now. I'm excited about what I'm seeing. And most of the time, your practice habits translate to game habits. I'm hoping the, the shot-making ability from this team continues to grow and get better and better as the year goes on. Hey, last one, uh, Ed. Uh, your style of play, uh, I, I've always thought in your first 10 years of Providence, maybe not the first couple years, but certainly in your very successful years, you wanted to play relatively the same way with different personnel. Uh, this year's team seems maybe a little more multiple than other teams, a little more versatility, and you always like versatility, but th- this might be even more versatile. Uh, will fans see maybe a different, some different offensive sets, a little more, I wouldn't say creativity, but th- just looks that they haven't seen in the past? Yeah, well, Jeff Battle and I, who you know handles a lot of our offensive stuff you know, with myself, you know, we talked about pace and speed and tempo. Uh, so, and again, in our scrimmage, people probably where they people didn't see it. If you were a student, you saw it. And then in the exhibition, you know, it, you know, we've been practicing with a 24-second shot clock since the summer. You know, we've been, really been talking about offensive efficiency, meaning screening, pass, catching, um, trying to score it early in the shot clock. If not, let's make them defend us and get a high-percentage shot. We talked about great shot over good shot, turning down a good shot to get a great shot. We talked about trust and care and commitment of the players toward the offensive end. Um, so hopefully our fan base does see a totally different uh, infrastructure offensively on the way we want to play. Hmm. Wow, that'd be great. Uh, Ed, uh, that's perfect. Uh, best of luck uh, this season. I know we'll do this again, but I uh, really appreciate you, uh, you know, previewing the fire season. Best of luck. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate you, Kevin. Well, that's it for this week's 401 podcast. Thanks, as always, to producer extraordinaire Kevin Collins and to Friar coach Ed Cooley. We'll be back with more college basketball previews either here on the podcast, on WPRO Radio, YouTube. You never know. Follow me on Twitter at KevinMcNamara33 for all the latest updates. You can find out where all of our information is dropping these days. Thanks also to our friends at Haxton's Liquors, as usual. And the 401 Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. Subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy most. And most importantly, tell your friends and shoot us a like. And look for the next edition of the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.